Funding for Start the Beat is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people... Thanks so much for coming back, but for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer, soda, or just water in the fridge. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Ah. Slow fade on this beat. Happy Sunday. Happy How are Sunday. you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I'm all right. I... <laughs> Got this sudden burst of energy out of nowhere, and it's going to be a steep decline real quick. So I'm going <laughs> to need you to carry this. Okay. But that's okay. okay. I have a very exciting guest in the studio today. Everybody make some noise for my new friend, Abigail Jerry. Ah. The internet's happy you're here. I'm happy that you're here. Tell us about yourself. So yeah, my name is Abigail Jerry, and I'm originally from Pittsburgh, PA, Dormont, um, specifically, I moved to Nashville about two years ago because I went to the Judy Stakey songwriting retreat three years ago and kind of like went back and forth a month here, a month there. And I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, but I love, I absolutely love visiting my hometown. Like whenever I'm here, I don't, sorry, Nashville, but like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to stay here longer. So, well, sure. I mean, yeah. you know, I imagine, you, you know, you, you grew up here, you have friends and family that are here. And yeah. Pittsburgh's a cool town. It really is. And honestly, leaving, you know, Pittsburgh helped me see that more. It, it really did. I'm like really thankful to be from here. I'm really happy that like to call this home forever. You know? Yeah. I think that that's something that a lot of people don't take the time or they're just not fortunate enough to have that experience of being able to step outside of the hometown. Cause I think it's real easy, especially in a creative industry here to feel like everything sucks. Yeah. But like it doesn't, it's really no. just the energy that you put out there and the people that you decide to be around. Exactly. So it's just about taking those steps, finding those people and putting yourself in cool environments. Yeah. You know, exactly. Even though you are from here, and you live in Nashville now, mm -hmm. and you say that you like being here. Before we start recording, you were telling me you just got a house in Nashville. So yeah. things are going well there, too. Well, it didn't buy one, but like it's nice to be in a house. But yes. still, you're committing to some point in time of being there versus here. I'm sure there yeah. was like, well, I could either go back to Pittsburgh, or I could stay in Nashville, or I could go somewhere else. But you chose to stay in Nashville. Yeah. So what's the experience been like there now over the past couple of years, working with people, meeting people? I guess 2020 doesn't count, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, 2020 is kind of, kind of crazy for everybody mm -hmm. and everybody's got their own little extra reason that it was even more crazy for them. So yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy because everybody is everybody. 99% of people in Nashville are songwriters. Sure. You know? So wherever you go, it's like musician, musician, songwriter, musician, songwriter, everywhere, everywhere. Bartenders, just waitresses, people that work nine to five jobs. I mean, it's, it really is like, you know, how people say music city, it really is. And it's, everybody's like, oh, do you do country? You know, when I tell them like I live in Nashville now or even people in Nashville that I talk to when they first meet me. 
So you're a country artist. No, <laughs> I'm not. There's a pop scene there. And there's actually a lot of people, um, pr- pop producers specifically that I've noticed moving from L.A. to Nashville now. So, I mean, there's a there's a pretty good pop scene there and it, everybody does music. So it's great. Yeah. So yeah. was that something that you were, you know, expecting or were you kind of surprised like once you got into it realizing like how big it is because everybody does say it's big you hear that it's big but being there versus hearing stories it's two different things yeah um i honestly i i think i expected it because everybody the the guy that i was my roommate my first roommate then when i Blech. When I went down there, yeah, he told me about it on the phone when it, before I even got mm. there. He was like, "Yeah, there's there's shirts that say, you know, let's write some time. You know, <laughs> like it's everybody's like, let's write some time." And it, yeah, I, I kind of expected it. Um, when my dad visited me down there, though, he was like shocked. He was like, "This is really." music everywhere i'm like yeah that's i told you that's what but yeah i guess you have to see it to believe it absolutely yeah so with you know family and deciding to take this big step it seems like you have a pretty supportive base behind you right now yeah which is huge it really is and i'm so thankful to have that my parents have always been supportive like you know my dad just drove me here because I flew into town this time, so I, I don't have a car with me this yeah. time. So, yeah, they've they've always driven me. Um, you know, I used to compete in gymnastics, and they've driven me all over the place for any wow. kind of performances that I've, you know, ever done okay. in my whole life. So, they've so, always been supportive. So, when did you decide to really start pursuing uh, the music stuff? Actually, I was... Um, like three. Okay. <laughs> when I um kind of maybe like five, but when I was like three, my grandma was babysitting me and my aunt Sarah owns a furniture store, Potomac Furniture. <laughs> Shout out to Dorma. Shout out. <laughs> well, it's actually like past it for St. Clair a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Potomac Furniture, shout yeah. out. So um, when I was like three, my grandma was babysitting me and she put me on the loudspeaker of the furniture store and I was singing You Are My Sunshine. So I just like, I don't know. I guess people think, oh, when you're three, like every three-year-old kind of like sings, you know, but I, I always knew that it's what I wanted to do. And obviously that was true because I'm doing it still now and will continue to. So that's awesome. So, you know, one of the things that's really hard, I think for a lot of people getting into this world is just honestly getting into it. Yes. I mean, once you're in it, it's not that hard to do the thing that you love, Yeah. but taking that step and being like, I'm going to do this for real. Yeah. Um, What was that like for you? And what was, if anything, was there like one thing or one experience that made you realize like, oh, I could do this? Well, um, yeah, if you, I mean, yeah, like when I was three, it, I wasn't really in the industry. <laughs> sure, I just sure. knew I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a different question. Um, I kind of messed that up. Sorry. That's okay. But, um, yeah, my first professional recording was when I was 14. So I just remember like telling my dad, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Where can we, let's find a studio. I really just need to do this. I, I have to do this, you know? So I finally, I went to Soundkeller Productions. Um, Jay Weaver, I still remember, was my first, you know, producer awesome. <laughs> like when I was 14. And um, 
yeah, I didn't really, I didn't release any music until I was 21. Um, so that's wow, funny. that's a long time. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. That it's you know the the hardest part of doing it is doing it because for a long time, like I would have meetings with like managers and producers and stuff and show them like this is my you know stuff I've had recorded and they would be like well you have to do this this and this like it's not good enough yet Mm. okay so that's fine like I was growing I'm still growing I always will be but I've learned that you just have to just put it out just put it out like you're right like just just do it just put it out and you'll grow because if I would have put out that song when I was 14 you know like who knows exactly I kept it to myself for a while. I mean, I performed and stuff um, when I was 16 with a reggae band around town, but I didn't actually release any music until I was 21. So do it. The hardest part is to just yeah. do it. And now I'm releasing music and I'm like, nope, just let's release it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of releasing music, I suppose that would be a good segue. Let's talk about real quick, just your most recent release. I'm going to pop over to YouTube real quick. What the heck is this? <laughs> it's my new single mind. It's a dance video for my new single mind. And yeah. yeah. This seems like this was a lot of fun to shoot. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, this was actually in Morgantown, and my friend Corinthia owns this dance studio. Um, Lil Jamaz Hip Hop Company is what they're, you know, is what they're called. <laughs> Can't talk today. This is what they're called. 2020, just messing my words up. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so much fun. I stayed down there for a weekend when I was uh here in Pittsburgh for the summer because you know, COVID and there wasn't really much, you know, going on in Nashville with gigs. So um yeah, stayed down there. I know TJ, my main dancer here, and Corinthia and Margaret. And Cameron and I met Z, the one on the right there. I actually met him. Um, they introduced me to him. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I want to do that again and again and again. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, it's really fun when you get into this realm of creativity where you get to start investing times time in things outside of just like being in the studio. Yeah. Like, you know, you get to spend time, you know doing choreography and learning fun dances and meeting new people. And like, that's the shit that's fun. It's like, Oh, this is why I'm making songs. Why I'm making like these connections to just to like have this fun and do these things like this. Yeah. With, you know, the origins back to, you know, the song that you recorded when you were 14 musically, do you feel like you were still trying to do something that was pop back then too? Yeah. I so do. that's always been the interest. Yeah. Pop alternative is what I've always called myself. Um, and people in the past have been like, what is pop alternative? You can't like, that's not a thing. Sure. It's <laughs> totally like, a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. And uh, it's just pop. I mean, this song is like pop R&B. Mind is pop R&B. Um, Bad Girl is like pop reggae hip hop. You know, um, I have my EP Take a Chance. It's like pop country. So yeah, it's pop alternative. <laughs> So then, you know, when you were starting to just listen to music and starting to find music that you felt like was your own, you know, what were some of the artists that you grew up on that maybe inspired you to want to do this? So I think the reason that I 
like to dive into so many different pop like sub genres is because like I grew up on Aerosmith and Journey like my dad um you know I sang crying for my preschool show and tell when I was four. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> so, um, but as far as like me finding my own influences, those were, you know, influences that my dad showed me and I love them. But as far as me finding my own, like Tanache, Sierra, Christina, Christina Aguilera was my, I think my first like really big, mm. really big influence. Um, Nelly Furtado, Nelly Furtado is a big one. Like she started off kind of, you know, pop like folk. Yeah. You know? So, and then she went to like hip hop. Oh yeah. She did that album with Timbaland. Yeah. That album slaps. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. So I have a lot of influences. Um, with Mind, um, Justine Sky was a big influence for that song in specific. Okay. And like SZA and her. So, yeah. So... Now with, you know, trying to take that step, you've taken that step, obviously, <laughs> we're, we're, you've taken plenty of steps in that music video, quite literally, <laughs> but, you know, in that, in that developmental period, I'm kind of curious to pick your brain a bit about this because the way that a pop artist comes up is a lot different than the way that like a punk band comes up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, cause there's never this conversation between like meeting with managers or having meetings at all. There's no planning at all. You know, it's just kind of like you take your guitar amps to the VFW and play in front of the other teenagers until, you know, you have a band. But, you know, with you, there was, you mentioned like having meetings and people saying things aren't ready yet and that. So where did that stuff come about and how did you even get into a position where you were having like meetings? Was that something with family that helped set up or like, because like if I was 15 making music, I wouldn't think in a million years to be like, this is what I need to do. But it seemed like rather professional. I'm just curious where that came from. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. It's um my my mom's friend at work's husband had a reggae band. Right? Okay. So, so you sang with? Yes. Yes. When I was like 16, 17. Um, and he, he honestly, like he got me a lot of... Um, those connections okay cool so yeah so it's being around somebody maybe a little older that's been in the industry for some time being like hey don't waste your time doing this let's make sure if you're going to do something do it right that sort of thing he um he also entered like i i recorded my first song when i was 14 but he introduced me to some other studios when i was 16 um so then i started recording that more professional um more not more professional but other professional songs. Um, yeah. When I was 16. And this is all through, you know, the drama that is high school and life and all of that. So how much of this was like a part of your life while finishing up high school? Was it like something that everybody knew about or something that you just did on the weekends or like, um, how public were you with it? Like with friends in school? Well, I went to, I actually went to a performing arts high school. Mm. So for musical theater, Lincoln Park. Mm. Yeah. That'll do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but honestly, like I, like I said, I didn't release music until I was like 21. Sure. But- so, but yeah, I told some of my friends about it and I showed them and I was, um, I was on the, the Cadines for Keystone Oaks High School just cause like I still lived in the district. Um, 
And I sh- like I showed a couple of them. I played my song Pickup Girl for them when I was like 17. That's the studio that like Greg introduced me to um, that I recorded at. So I played Pickup Girl for them. So yeah, I mean, I was like, I was vocal with it with my friends and like my boyfriend at the time. And um, yeah, I like telling my friends like I was going to be singing with the reggae band this weekend. Yeah. And stuff. So I mean, I'm, I made it as much... Um, a part of my life as I could. It, it wasn't just something I did on the weekends. It was something that I would, you know, come home from school and I would record as, as oh, soon sure. as I could if if there was a slot at the studio that day. I mean, part of me even wanted to like homeschool and just do it. Like, yeah, I was. I knew this was always what I wanted to do. Well, at least you were in like a performing arts school. So yeah. I imagine you were at least again talking about so much of this has to deal with your environment and the people that you have around you. At least you're around other creative people, even if they're not all like singers. Yeah. They're still people that are doing cool things. It was great. Lincoln Park is a really good school. Like really, if you have a kid that <laughs> you know needs to go to a performing arts school, it's great. It really is. They're, they're great. That's awesome. So overall you had a pretty good high school experience then? Yeah, I mean, cool. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their their shit, right? We don't we don't get out with nothing. Yeah, but uh, with post high school, you mentioned you didn't really release any music until you were twenty one. Mm-hmm. But and most of us graduate when we're like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. 18. So what happened in this three year period post high school? pre-releasing music did you do any after school stuff like our college that's after school college <laughs> is what it's called I didn't go to college I okay. actually never took one college class like my friends were taking college classes in high school you know how you could do mm. that I I I just didn't I I wanted to go for music I wanted to go to this um college in LA called Musicians Institute but I you know that's a big jump and I I just didn't I didn't take that jump yet and yeah, so I didn't go to college. I ended up working at uh, coach gymnastics and did daycare at this um, at this place where they had both. It mm-hmm. was under the same business, the daycare yeah. and gymnastics. And um, yeah, I just recorded music and like switched studios over and just got my first album ready. Oh, so in that time frame prior to being, yeah, because I was going to, because I know that, you know, it could be really complicated, I think, in that time frame after we graduate high school and we don't know exactly what we're going to do. I mean, I was in a position too where I didn't go to college or anything, but I knew I wanted to do some sort of creative artistic thing, whether it was with music or with graphic design or any of the other things that I was into that seems impossible to make a life out of, right? Mm -hmm. And I and the other thing about it that sucked was that all of my friends that I had in high school that like that creative hub it all dissipated because I had some friends that moved to go to school and some people did this and then all of a sudden I'm like alone mm-hmm. and I'm like what the what am I gonna do because like everybody that I did all this creative shit with is gone now and like I don't have nothing I I don't know we figured it out though yeah we figured it out. Yeah. So you started taking that time, putting that first album together. Yeah. Was it an album, e- an EP? E- e- yeah. E- yeah sorry. First batch of songs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So you released that around 21. And then what was it like, you know, for the first time, you know, in the pop world, it's such a different thing. I've never like really operated in that 
mindset in terms of like releasing something to that demographic of people. Mm-hmm. You know, what was it like just being like, it's finally ready. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like, how did you know it was ready? I mean, I had to be ready <laughs> <laughs> at that point. Sure. <laughs> you can't really wait any longer. Yeah. I mean, you can, but <laughs> you shouldn't. Um, I, I did a lot of shows at that time, too. Um, honestly, a lot with like the hip hop community here in Pittsburgh. And I loved that. You know, so I, I worked a lot with hip hop artists and everything, and they're very supportive. So, yeah, I kind of released it out to just whoever wanted to listen to my music at that time. And I I didn't know much about like ads and, you know, just like marketing in general. I I know a lot more now, especially like being in Nashville, where you go to a restaurant and somebody behind you and in front of you and beside you is talking about their next. Oh, place. yeah. Everybody's talking about <laughs> algorithms. Yeah, just all the time. So, yeah, but I released it to whoever whoever would listen and mm-hmm. just with my family and friends and just people that were in the audiences when I would perform, I would, you know, make sure to give them my information and stuff and um there was actually this um one lady and her daughter in New York City when I went there cuz I went to New York City a few times. I have cousins there. Um I did a few open mics while I was there. And I actually did a couple bar performances. Um, There was this lady at the sidewalk cafe, which is closed down now. And I'm so sad because it was so amazing. But the sidewalk cafe, right before I released my music, I did my song emergency exit um, at the open mic and her, her and her daughter came up to me and were like, Oh my God, you're so good. I love that song. And they still share my music. So it's just things like that, that, Wow. Like, thank you. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. So one of the benefits that, uh, you know, I think that you have in in the world of music that you have is that ability to do open mics. Because yeah. there are a lot of some artists in certain demographics of music where that's just not a possibility. And there's so many more like open doors, you yeah. know, for, for people that have like an accessible, easy to listen, easy to market, easy easy to play anywhere sort of thing like you do. But also... There's a lot of people trying to squeeze through that door. Yeah. So do you find yourself to be much of a competitive person? I did competitive gymnastics when I was growing (laughs) up. (laughs) Honestly, moving to Nashville um, in a good way, like it, it made me see that it's, it's not a competition. You know, everybody's so good and you can just learn from each other and support each other and, you're on your own path. So it's not really a competition. It mm. is in some ways. And and you should have that competitive spirit sometimes and for the for the right times and the right reasons. But it's taught me moving to Nashville has taught me that it's you're on you got your own journey. You don't have to, you know, compete with anybody really. Totally. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. With creating content. Now it's co- everything's content now yeah. right? in 2020, yes. the internet. That's all about content. How much do you stress over the concept of needing to put out consistent content? Are you more of a quality over quantity? Or do you feel that like it's important to be posting three times a day what you're doing? Oh my gosh. I don't post three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I I probably should, 
Maybe. But I, I don't, don't think anybody should. <laughs> I don't think anybody has time to keep up with that. Yeah, I have a problem posting every day. Sure, same. <laughs> like, I did at one point, um, and I'll go periods of time where I do. And, you know, people that I talk to that know more about like the algorithms and stuff, like they tell me like, you know, be, you know, be consistent, which is true for anything you want to do, be consistent. Um, but Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> well, it was just it was quali- like quality over quantity. Because yeah. I do believe, I think the idea of being consistent is good. Yeah. But I think sometimes people, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel that people misunderstand the, the use of the term consistent. Like, I feel like things just need to be consistently good. But yeah. it doesn't have to be like consistent every day. True. Because if you're consistently putting out mediocre things... All of a sudden, you're now mediocre. Yeah. Whereas you could just scale it back and, and that's put what out you're known as. less things, but everything you put out is good. I think people are going to be happy to follow you and be on your journey. And you'll probably be in a healthier, happier place because you're not forcing yourself to do all the stuff that you kind of don't want to do. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I've been going through this a lot over the past few years and I'm finally getting to a point now where I'm like, I don't give a shit about the... Or just... Not that I don't give a shit. It's like I give too much of a shit to not let myself give a shit about how good one of the things I'm putting out are, you yeah. know? But it's easy to get, to get caught up in all that yeah. consistency, algorithm, yeah. mumbo jumbo stuff. I don't know. I think every you know everything is like a balance, right? So it's like when you, like we were talking about earlier, when you don't release anything because you're waiting and waiting and waiting and you just are scared, a little bit scared to get into it, you know, because you're scared, like, what the world's going to say. You're out, your music's out there for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, like, there's a balance between that and releasing it just how it is. I think you need to obviously check it, make sure it's good, everything. Um, and I think you should be pretty consistent but it should be good you should Mm -hmm. you should be happy with it so like my i love all like all of my songs you know they're me they're a part of me but my song mind is just for me it's it's kind of the the type of music that i've like always been wanting to do i love pop r&b i love it um so i (laughs) just lost like my own place in my own head but um yeah, I just with mine it it's different when you love it so much. And I didn't know if people would love this one. You know, I it's different. Um, but this seems to be getting like the most good feedback that I've seen. And that really reminded me that if if you love it as an artist, that's the that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important to pay attention to the energy that you wrap around your art. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's negative or if you're kind of like lackadaisical about like, oh yeah, I did this thing. It's whatever. Like that's yeah. that's the idiot that I was for a long time. And it's like, oh, of course, everybody's going to think that it's all right. Because I'm like, hey, check this out. It's all right. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. I don't necessarily think that you need to be like, this is the best song ever. (laughs) But the way you were just talking about, like, hey, like, I think this is really good and, you know, I feel really good about it. I feel like it's a good reflection of me. And, you know, people that are your friends or fans are going to be like, hey, 
I like Abigail. I want to see, you know, it's like, okay, like, listen, then we'll connect with it in a different way. Cause there's this weird thing where I feel like people more than ever aren't super interested in being a fan of somebody. Like they want to be a friend. Like they really want to feel like they're a part of what you are and who you are. Yeah. Which, you know, feeds into all of that posting mediocre content consistently that I try to avoid, but it's mm-hmm. also like, I don't know. It's not, it's really easy to overthink being yourself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I feel like with mind, I didn't do that at all. Like I was just, just said how I felt mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the production, you know, it's just how I felt and that's what it, that's what it is. And I think people can tell. So with the future now, because who knows what's going to happen. Everything is really, really unfortunate right now. What's gonna happen? Yeah, it is. And like you know, we're in you know a rather precarious situation because we're both performers. And while there's plenty of things that we can do, you know, behind the scenes, we can keep filming music videos, we can keep writing songs, we can keep recording. But like, we need to be on a stage. Yeah. To like really be able to grow. Yeah. I feel like you know it's it's really really hard for up-and-coming artists, I think, to grow on the internet unless there's some weird particular it about it. Like some some sort of like a gimmick or something that's so over-the-top crazy that people just want to look at it. And like, I'm not that person. I feel like you're not that person. <laughs> this is more of like, we're just being ourselves and making fun music. Yeah. So it's it's kind of hard, I think, to thrive on the internet with that. So, you know, how do you like deal with that when thinking about like concepts for videos or concepts for songs? Do you ever find yourself being like, oh, like maybe I could do something that's a little bit more edgy? Yeah. And shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yes. And I'm like- <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, like, I, I don't mean this in a bad way. You just don't seem like a very like edgy person. Like you seem like just like really nice and happy to be in the environment and the world that you're around, mm-hmm. which is great. Like that's the people, those are the people I love being around. But like, that's like not what the popular people like drama and craziness yeah. and over the top shit. So yeah. how do we balance that? Yeah. How do you deal with that? I, I I'm still <laughs> figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that's a tough question. Especially in like the genre of music that you're, you know, yeah. that you're into. Cause I deal with it too, playing in a heavy metal band, because like I'm not angry. Yeah. You know, so, but I like like really loud, aggressive music. It's fun to mm-hmm. me, but like not everybody that listens to that type of music wants to have fun. Yeah. Like they're looking for like, you know, some sort of a darkness and I yeah. just don't have that in me anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like, well, how do I continue to like, I don't want to fabricate darkness because yeah. I don't want to bring that energy into my life. Right. But how do I find a way to still be myself, but put this out and have it be genuine that people will get. That's, that's what I'm always I think thinking it, about that sort of shit. I think it just comes down to like, really like how I was talking about before with like my new single mind. It's just, I didn't really try, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was so fun. It was so fun to, to record and to shoot the video like with my friends. And by the way, I met um, Corinthia and Margaret on the set of Bad Girl Oh, cool. So, and then we've just been friends ever since. But, um, yeah, like, I just, 
that is a great example for me. Like, I just feel so different releasing that song and how much fun I had with it and everything. And I, you, I guess there are things that you're like, oh, what's trending? What should I put in my video? What's like, what do I need to do that's popular to get it more views, you know? But I just, I just feel like sometimes when you're an artist, you, you need to like get off of that and focus on your music and be creative and make your own trend. Totally. Totally. <laughs> just be you, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, simple as that sounds. It's, it's true. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really easy to, um, <laughs> I mentioned this the, the last episode that I recorded, I was talking about this, but it's like really easy to overwork the dough yeah. of like your creativity and like, you just got to know when to like, let it rest and like, you know, that, that the, the dough will rise itself. It'll, yes. it'll, it'll be ready to go, but it's really hard to be patient with that. And it's, you know, obviously the best songs are always the ones that you don't think about the ones that just come to you. Yeah. But that doesn't happen nearly enough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, you know, right. are you somebody that is comfortable with the concept of like needing to just like let material go in terms of like, I'm starting to write this song and I kind of like it, but I know it's not going to go anywhere. Or do you like, you know, really try to chop away at everything and make every single thing that you write happen? Oh, oh my gosh. Like, I, notebooks full of half songs. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, definitely, definitely don't finish everything I write and put it out. I mean, I have ideas from years ago that I maybe will finish next month. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's all over the place. It's art, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's just, it's everybody writes differently yeah, and everybody sure. approaches things differently. I think that, it seems that the way you're approaching everything seems to be the most healthy and well-adjusted. And I don't know where it comes from because not everybody has that. Maybe it's the performing arts school background. Maybe it's, you know, a nice family. Maybe it's just good environment, good people around you. Who knows? Because you don't, you don't really seem to be much of a mess. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad I don't seem like <laughs> it all comes out in my music. That's what, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what the music's for. Yeah. So with, you know, meeting other artists and finding people that, you know, you gel with, you're probably going to find people, you know, at some point in time that maybe you don't necessarily gel with or certain energies that like, you're just not like, eh. You know, this isn't yeah. quite right for me. You know, it's something that I've dealt with a lot um, with playing shows, you know, because there's like just the way people act in those environments and meeting other artists and things. So, you know, over the course of time and working with other people, have you like found like, like a spidey sense of like, oh, like this is a good environment to be in and like, oh, I need to get away from these people or that sort of energy? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, with the producer that I work with now, I mean, I, we gelled right away and I've, you know, got some of my best songs like with him. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely gone through my fair share of working with people that they're great, but we don't, we don't gel. And I've just learned so much from that. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It could be really hard to find. Um, like a producer that understands what 
you're going for. Yes. And to find somebody that is actually invested and wants to be a part of your journey. Yeah. Because for sometimes it's like people are talented and they're good at what they do, but it's also like, well, this is their job. So they're more just concerned with getting the job done. Yeah. Over the, over uh, actually, you know, making something beautiful happen. Right. And that's so, I mean, I understand like it is a job, you know, they, you have to, you know, eat and, and get, get on to the next one. But as an artist, it kind of sucks, you know, when somebody's not as excited about your project as as you are and they don't like see the things that you see. Because I remember when I was like 16 and first recording, I, I was like, but this isn't how it sounds in my head. I mean, it sounds cool, but it's just not how it sounds in my head. And I've gotten better at explaining what I hear in my head and it being able to come to life now. Yeah. I think that that's a huge thing that really comes with time of spending time in the studio and starting to understand maybe different terminology, what certain things are and being able to tell the engineer or the producer like, hey, like less reverb or more compression or blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, these are relatively important conversations to have, especially with up and coming people because like, we were talking about not knowing when or how to take that step into everything. And I'm sure like before finding producers that you were comfortable with, it could have been a thing where like, am I wrong? Am I just a right. dingbat? Like, yeah. but like, it's just because like, you know, somebody is a, somebody owns a studio doesn't mean that it's right for you. It's yeah. the same thing with like, cause somebody does tattoos. That doesn't mean that they do the tattoo that you want. Right. And, exactly. Or chefs or you could, you could apply it to anything. I love your references. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, you know, now that you have found kind of like you're starting to find your voice, I'm sure you'll continue Mm -hmm. to find your voice. Otherwise, what's the point of even doing art if you can't continue to grow? Is there anything that you haven't done yet that you're hoping to in terms of like experimenting, pushing this pop persona in like maybe more of like a direction over here, over here, just any styles that you haven't tried? Like other genres? Yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, I want to try them all. <laughs> um, honestly, like I've thought about, I mean, my um, Take a Chance EP was like pop country, but I've thought about, see, since I am in Nashville, doing something like really country, doing a really country song. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, doing um, more of a rock song. Why not? Um, but honestly, right now I'm I'm going more towards the pop R&B. Like that's what I really want to focus on because now I've finally found that voice and that sound and the, yeah. the person that's that's good to work with um for that sound and everything so that's what i am going to be focusing on but yeah of course like there's there's plenty of things i still want to try and experiment yeah. and yeah. collaborate with um people from different genres i think that's so cool i mean the best collaborations are like a pop artist and a just the opposite <laughs> Sure. And I think that it's really hard to grow as a musician on any capacity if you're not able to take that step outside of your box and work with other people. Even if it's stuff that never gets finished, it's still like an important exercise and like learning how people in different genres of music approach songwriting, how they approach melody, how they approach song structure, because it's a lot different. 
mm-hmm. in different genres for some things. And it's cool because you can like take what you learn and then apply it to what you're doing yeah. if you want. Yeah. And maybe make something super cool. Yeah. Because there are no rules. It's just really right. easy to feel like there are rules. Yeah. Well, when I was when I was first in Nashville, like three years ago after the songwriting retreat, um, I, I had a meeting with uh, a writer's rep at ASCAP. And I um, told him, I showed him, I think it was Bad Girl. And he gave me advice. Like he told me um, some advice. And instead of changing the song, like he was, you know, kind of saying, you know, you could do this instead. You know, the song was already done. It wasn't out yet. But then I put it out. And I just wrote a different song. (laughs) You know, like I just take that advice and and put it to the next song or write a song about that person giving me advice. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it, it, it really is. It really does feel like there's rules sometimes, but there's, there's not. I mean, I don't think there's, there's not rules to the art, but there's rules to the business. Yeah. So there's like two different conversations. I'm curious in the conversations that you've had that are more business focused. Uh Are there any like, common threads that like different people bring up like what like in terms of things that you should be doing or things that you shouldn't be doing in like a pop world um mostly just branding is 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 what i've you know i'm not a starbucks (laughs) (laughs) like yeah that's mostly what i've been like the meetings that i've had ever since i was 16 15 whatever um, mostly is about branding, about finding what you want to, what, what's your box? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because it's like the music is whatever. That's fine. You've, you've songs that are audible. Cool. But like, what are we going to do to get people to listen to those songs? Yeah. Like, who do you want to listen to your songs? So you got to like, become that person for that demographic of people. Yeah. The weirdest thing happened to me about five years ago um, when I realized that like the demographic of people that I thought I was making music for couldn't care less about my music and the people that I wouldn't expect were the people that were like into it. So like I was putting a lot of time just, just being myself. I wasn't trying to be anything. But I thought that these people over here would get it, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And it was my, I found, you know, a surprise thing over here. Like, oh, like I didn't even think to talk to you people about it, but you're getting it. Cool. And then I started investing energy in that, even though I really so hard wanted to be a part of this bubble. It's just, it's like what I was doing didn't make sense to that bubble. Yeah. But I still found people to embrace it. So I don't know. It's, it's weird, but I definitely, uh, understand and get the concept of branding. It's just so strange. I feel like when you're just a person, right? I, I get it too. I mean, I completely understand it. It is, you know, it is needed in some form. But as an artist, when somebody says that to you, it's like, oh, but I just want to like make this song and then make that song and have this image and then. And I think, I think also for me anyway, when people are telling me, you know, you need to find your your brand. Um, I think it just comes over time. Like, I think I'm, I'm finding it and I'll still be finding it. I mean, you know, it's, you're an artist. I think it comes over time. I don't think you can just be like, yep, 
this is what I want to do. I think you have to find it and and it naturally kind of happens. It finds you. Really? Like with this new song. Sure. <laughs> like I keep bringing it up, but it's so true. I think I'm really just finding it now. And I don't think, I don't think that's something that I could have in the meeting been like, oh, well, this is what I want to do. Because I could have, but it wouldn't have happened in the same way. It wouldn't have, I could have been like, I want to do pop and R&B and I, I really like, want, I like the color purple and I want to, you know, that can be my color. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, it, it's got to happen genuinely. Like yeah. when I do a photo shoot and I just, I'm wearing a, a purple like jacket and then the guitar is um, like turquoise and it just, it comes together and it feels so much better than okay, I think this is the color I want to go for. No, like it just happens and that's, it feels right. And when it feels right, it's so much better than, okay, overnight, like what am I supposed to, what am I, what do I do? What color do I want? What should I tell them in the meeting tomorrow? Uh, You know, I mean, that's necessary, but it's, it feels so much better to just find it um, naturally and over time. And I think if it feels better to you, like we said, it feels better to your audience and they can tell. Yeah, I think that it's I I like wish that us as artists and musicians had some better way to just connect with people without needing to feel like how do I word this? So, it's like I sometimes feel like I'm I'm not allowed to be just a musician. Like I have to be like I have to show my normal life. Like I I, I can't have like a private life. Like yeah. everything has to be out. So it's like I have to just have my normal life and the musician stuff and it all has to mix together. Mm-hmm. But like I don't want it to mix together because these are wildly different things. Like yeah. who I am in my private life, I don't even have a private life, but you know, yeah. my personal life, we'll call it. Like, sure, it is reflected in my music, but it's a lot different. Like, I'm a lot more boring <laughs> than, you know, it may come off as. Cause like, I'm pretty much like a, oh, like, I will, I like, you know, I'll cook food and listen to some records and <laughs> it's not that exciting. You know, I like funny beers. it's it's not nothing to talk about but like you know it's hard for me to keep up this uh kind of like rock star 24 7 sort of thing that i feel like my branding needs because i am not that person i am so like just laid back yeah i'm not and a fucking rock star yeah it's not and like with tiktok and like doing videos and like talking to the camera all the time it's like I don't know. How do you feel about that? I, I just, I like doing it sometimes, but it, I just, I don't know. I just feel weird about yeah, it sometimes. I, I don't have a TikTok account. Um, I have like flirted with the idea of having one, but I feel like, again, with the conversation of branding, mm-hmm. you know, the branding of your character on TikTok needs to be very specific if you want to make it worthwhile. Like, what are you doing? On TikTok. Oh, not I, you, but oh. listen, in general, like a question, like I asked myself, like, what would I be doing on TikTok? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anything that I do, aside from like, I had considered, because I, I do drawing 
So it's like, oh, maybe I could do a lot of like time-lapse art videos and that could be my TikTok thing. Because I don't really have any social media platforms that I like showcase a lot of my art. A lot, most of it's taken over by music and podcasts. So that could be cool. But yeah. also like, I really only maybe draw once a month if I'm lucky. So am I going to have a TikTok page where I post once a month? You need to be consistent, right? Yeah. But then it goes back to the, well, if I'm consistently good, doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't know with TikTok. I feel, I feel like with TikTok, you have to post like yeah. three times a day. I mean, I've had it for like two months, three months now, and I only have like seven posts. Yeah. So I, I don't do that. But I'm I, also not going viral. Yeah. Yet. I have a, a friend who is actually on the podcast. By the time this episode airs, my episode with her will have aired. So if anybody's interested in the demographics of how to make a successful TikTok, listen to my episode with Heather Taylor. Um, So she is before the coffin on TikTok and she found a niche and she, I don't even know how many, I think she got like 300,000 followers in like less than half a year. Oh, wow. Like it's probably more than that now. I have no idea the numbers, but yeah, she really blew up and found a brand. Like, and the funny thing is what's interesting about what she does. So she, she, um, so she, she has several things that she does, but basically who she was on the internet, she was already doing on Instagram forever and face, you know, like had social media, but like when she went to TikTok, she was just posting the same content, mm-hmm. but it worked on yeah. TikTok in a way that it just wasn't working on other platforms, it's which so was funny. really interesting. Yeah. I wonder why. Like, it's it's so funny. I think that, you know, different social media platforms cater to different personality types of people. Like, us as artists, maybe we have like a half dozen social media accounts because we feel like we have to have them, right? Yeah. Like, I have a Twitter that I don't use. I don't care. Oh my God, I never use Twitter. Um, And, you know, (laughs) I have, you know, an Instagram that I use sometimes and I have a Facebook that I use for everybody that's older than 30 years old that I know. And like, you know, it's like this weird mixture of things. But like, if I had to just, if I was a normal, just if I wasn't an artist, I'd probably only have one. I'd probably have like the Instagram. But like now it's (laughs) like, well... You got to have the Instagram. You got to link it with your Facebook page if you want the posts <laughs> to boost, right? And all this. This yep. is like, God, like, <laughs> you, like I'm tied down to all these things. So I, I have no like real understanding of like what it's like to just feel like, oh, I have my one thing that I like and it's TikTok. Like sometimes like managing all these profiles makes me feel like I'm schizophrenic or something. So I'm like, <laughs> how do how do I how how do I post something interesting for Twitter? How yeah. do I post something interesting for Instagram? It's so much. How do I do this? You know? I think it's so crazy that like it hats goes off to the people that do this, but the people that, you know, aren't musicians and they're just they're doing it for fun. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I couldn't. Well, I th- I think that... Maybe it's better, though, because you're doing it for fun. I mean, you're, you're, probably, you're just... I don't know. But still, it's like, oh, let me post this and post that and post this and look what I did today. And <sighs> Well, I think that, you know, it's... They're, they're not concerned with the algorithm or yeah. concerned with their branding. They're just being themselves. Yeah. And I feel like if there's anything to learn from normal people you gross normal people (laughs) if there's anything to learn from people that aren't creatives but use social media it's like this isn't that fucking serious yeah and the only people that are looking at your posts and being like oh wow good branding are 
other people that are just artists. Yeah. You know, like it's so it's true. Trying to, it's like, you know, and like who, who, what's the demographic that you're going for? You know, normal people or other artists. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to target normal people. Mostly, yeah. So how do we just learn to be normal again? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I have no idea. That, that That's the whole, the whole thesis of this podcast in general, my show in general. How to be normal again for artists. I don't think one oh one. It's 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 not <laughs> it's just not a thing. Like I always say that I I did not choose this. Like it chose me, you know? Yeah. It's just like you said, the the brand finds you. Like it, you can't be normal. You you can't. You're an artist. I feel like everybody's an artist in their own way. But, mm-hmm. but I, I agree with that too. Yeah. Like there's always, you know, you might have like a like a like a, a random ant or somebody that's like really good at like making wreaths. Yeah. And like that's one thing that they do. Yeah. And you're like, damn, Janet, that's kind of fire. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, oh, like, do you ever think about like selling these? And it's like, nah, it's just a thing that I do. Like, wow, you're really creative. You should tap into that more, Janet. <laughs> I do not have an aunt Janet. I was just kind of making <laughs> something up. But yeah. yeah, situations like that. Yeah. I feel like um, you know, if you're an artist, you've it, I think more people, I just, more people are inclined to following that creativity. I think everybody is creative, but I think more people, some, some people more than others are in called to following it and, and making it a real thing and putting it out into the universe. You know, some people have that creativity and they just don't feel like they need to put it out into the universe as much as like, you know, Mm -hmm. we do. And that's fine. I think that's the difference, but everybody has that artist side. I feel like everybody has it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting when you get to a point of, you know, your creativity and the things that you love the most, your passions becoming your life, not only um, like personally or socially, but like, monetarily like mm-hmm. you start like making money off of all this and like i'm not in a position where like i make 100 percent of my income off of my art right and i think that it's would hard. be tight but i'm also <laughs> really frightened by that in some ways because like when you know once i enter that realm like is this art my own anymore and like or now am i like you know i don't want to be like enslaved to my creativity to keep a roof over my head yeah but also maybe i just overthink things because i'm an artist i think so (laughs) (laughs) i think so i think yeah that's that's the main thing that we do is overthink (laughs) that's true everything we have like all the songs we have or if you're a painter it's like okay is this good enough is this good enough no i should have done this instead i should have done that instead yeah it's like when you're when your creativity works against you. Yeah. And you start thinking of the worst possible scenarios instead of the best. Yeah. And you can, I, I've realized, you know, when you can reach a certain goal and then you're like, okay, where's the next goal? And you're happy for a little bit, but then you're like, okay, where's the next goal? I mean, even like Justin Bieber is probably like, that's not good enough. I need the next goal. Oh, sure. You know, and it's just, you just got to find like happiness within you. And that's why you have to be happy about your art. Because that's why you should be doing it because it makes you happy and then the rest will follow. <laughs> I agree. I think that having that that positive energy, again, we've talked about like energies and environments and 
auras. I don't know if I've said that word out loud today or not, but I just <laughs> did, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think that like that is like honestly more important than the branding, like focusing on that and maybe yeah. even letting that good energy become your brand. There are people exactly. with good, that like, I, I, I don't know if their brand is anything else outside of good energy. Yeah. Like, uh, Who's somebody I could think of that has good energy? I mean, Gallo is a really positive. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Gallo. Gallo's, Gallo, his his thing is positivity. I mean, that's that's really part of his brand and it works and it's great. And that's who he is too, you know? He just is himself. I think he's really genuine and that works. So, you know, now moving forward as we are soon to be leaving the year 2020 and turning mm-hmm. 2021, hoping, you know, for some clarity in terms of the state of the world because things are wacky right now. (laughs) But for you as an artist, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep chugging along. What's next? Anything on the horizon that you could tell us about? I I have a few songs coming out. I We were talking about consistency. And in 2021, I'm going to be very consistent with releasing good music. Nice. (laughs) Um, my next song that is releasing, it's called Hang It Up. And it's actually one of the songs, one of the first songs that I recorded in Nashville. We just, you know, we just didn't, we think it's now the right time to release it in 2021, um, January. So yeah, that's the first thing that's coming up, consistent music and hopefully some shows. Me and my backup dancers before all this happened were talking about a tour in 2021 in the Mm -hmm. spring. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but I would love to tour as soon as possible. That's one of my dreams. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, until then, I think that like you have plenty of work ahead of you and you seem (laughs) to be, you know, positive, good head on your shoulders. I think that you'll figure this out no matter what shit gets thrown at you. Oh, it's sometimes (laughs) it's like, you like I've thought about giving up so many times. I mean, what artist hasn't, right? Yeah. But no matter how much you think about giving up for me anyway, I can't because it's who I am. I'm gonna go back into the studio yeah, and I'm gonna, gonna do? yeah, I'm gonna go right. I'm gonna record. I'm gonna think about music video concepts and I'm gonna want to dance. So gonna want to choreograph. I can't not do it. It's good to take a break sometimes. But, which is what mind is about, but I can't not do it. <laughs> so it just I, happens. I got you. So for anybody out there in the internet that wants to follow you, we can pull up your Instagram here. Check it out. Abigail Jerry on Instagram. Where else would you like people to find you? I imagine you want them to subscribe to your YouTube channel probably and yes, check out this please. music video for Mind. You have music on Spotify maybe or yes, the Spotify, other streaming platforms. iTunes, all pretty much all the platforms. Deezer, anything you can probably think yeah. of is there. <laughs> yeah. TikTok. <laughs> my songs. I didn't even know my songs were on TikTok, but then my backup dancers over the summer were like, they helped me make the TikTok. They were like, you need to make a TikTok. And we did like a little dance um, video to Bad Girl. And they were like, are your songs on TikTok? And I was like, I don't know. And they were there. I didn't even know. So yeah, my songs are on TikTok too. Thanks, online distributors. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Cool. Well, with all that being said, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to do my outro. Okay. And that'll be it. And that is all, folks. 
Thanks so much for being here. One more time, Abigail Jerry. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank I'll you. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. And we're done. That was a podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs>